Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You're also watching and listening on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, as well as on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, all inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. And I'm very happy to have back on the broadcast, but for the first time ever as an NFL draft prospect officially, and that is longtime Syracuse Orange defensive lineman, Josh Black. Let's bring him in. Josh, how are we doing today? Hey, we're doing great. How are we doing? I'm doing well, man. And we're talking after Christmas and after your birthday. So Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. I know it's the, the same day, but uh, you were telling me off the air that Mom finally did right by you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate the warm birthday wishes and Christmas, too. And, yeah, you know, Mom got me a little extra cake, extra food, you know, just a little little extra present, too. So that was pretty funny. But it was really no big deal at all. But it was uh, it was funny to see that my mom paid attention to social media and then we took that into account. So appreciate you, Mom. Yeah, you know, and, and let's shout out, Mom, for people that don't know her first name. Let's let's shout her out and why you think Mom has such a, has been such a big impact on your life. Uh, yeah, Cindy Black right there, y'all. You know, she's been been the heart and soul of me, pushing me to do whatever I want to do. Always has 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 her in the corner for me. Everything I do, I do, she supports it 150. percent You kind of ask for a better mother, so appreciate you, mom. That yeah, coming here from Josh Black. Josh, you made the decision to come back to Syracuse last season. Uh, after you could have left, you were granted an extra season of eligibility, as everybody was in the uh, world of this pandemic. And gaining the, the free year, I saw you last year without fans in the Dome make a walk with Aaron Service and Kingsley Jonathan. I mean, some of those guys out there, everybody making this walk, wondering if this is going to be it, if this is, you know, the last moment that I'm going to take a walking across this field. And you did it with no fans there, but you still did that senior walk. How confident, or what was the percentage-wise maybe, of you coming back or leaving at the end of last season, when you were making that walk in 2020, where were you at as far as whether you were coming back or not? Uh, to be honest, we didn't really know what was going to happen in terms of eligibility-wise at that time. There's a lot of uncertainty happening, so a lot of the older guys, you know, we're in the same position, we're in the same boat right there, and if that happened to be our last game, we wanted to make sure that we got our last walk around the field, really soak everything in, and you know, it kind of just hit us near the last game when we playing Notre Dame, like, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat left on the bone. Our job is not finish here. This can help out the team. This can help out personally. It can help us out as athletes, students, but also grown men in general. And I feel like that was the group consensus of why all of us came back to kind of pursue our last year there at Syracuse. And, and for you, when you're making that walk and you had to do it without the fans, what did it mean to you that there was this extra year given to you so that when you made your official final walk, this season, there was actually fans in the stands. Yeah, it meant the world to me, just going around, seeing all the fans' faces, all the fans I've seen before at games, and just the fact that we stood after the game. And you know, thank us, thank all the seniors for all the work that we put in, thank us for staying an extra year, things like that. You know, that's what it's all about right there. Uh, just playing for the community, making sure we send the community out right. And, you know, this is one of those experiences that, you know, it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. This. I really took my time soaking in, talked with all the fans. And they told me stories about when I got here, like a freshman, seeing me play six years ago, things like that. And that's what really stood out to me. But wow, 
our fans really pay attention to who we are as athletes, but also as people too. They watched us grow throughout these last couple of years, and you know, it's just really exciting to see how much energy this community has about the Syracuse football team. Speaking here with Josh Black, a Syracuse Orange defensive line alum and a 2022 NFL draft prospect right now. Uh, Josh, you and I spoke all the way back in the beginning when you were getting recruited and coming into Syracuse. Do you remember? I think I was 12 years old. You were five. I mean, if <laughs> this feels like it was like 100, 100 years ago for, for the both of us. I mean, can you think back on those moments and – do you remember when we first started talking? Because it feels like it was forever ago. No, yeah, definitely. I remember every single interview, what my thoughts were on Syracuse, why I ended up committing there, you know, just things like that. I still remember everything about Syracuse. I remember that's how much of an impact uh, the football program has had on me, but also the university as well, and just everything about it. And that's just the long-lasting impact that it has. You know, like you said, you remember your interviews, you remember – you know, Syracuse and the impact Syracuse has had on you. When you look back on all of this, why did you ultimately choose Syracuse? Because if that's something that's never changed, then then that's got to be pretty top of mind to you. So just what you could say about that, uh, of the reason why you first chose Syracuse, and if those reasons stay true today. Yeah, it's where I felt at home the most. I felt like family there. I felt like everything about it was just so genuine. It wasn't, it wasn't a type of coaching staff that just treats you as a player. They treat you as family. They take care of you. It literally, it's a family away from your family. You can talk to any other coaching staff whenever you want to about anything. Just such a personable staff. But also, it's just as soon as I got to Syracuse to take my visit, it just felt like I was home. It felt like I arrived home. It felt like I left Illinois and I didn't, you know, I didn't miss a beat right there. I just felt like I was comfortable there. I had no worries about anything. It's just something that's always been a part of me. I just feel like Syracuse has been the right of passage for me. I feel like everything happens for a reason also, and I feel like God told me to go to Syracuse. And, you know, I'm so happy with my decision as, you know, as, as you know, it's impacted me in such a positive way. I just love everything about the city, the community, the university, and just, you know, everything about it. How did God tell you that Syracuse was the right place? Well, during the whole recruiting process, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. I was getting recruited primarily by the MAC and the Big Ten. There's there's really no other ACC schools in the mix. And nearing signing day, I kind of felt this gut feeling like something was telling me that uh, the University of Illinois is not the place for you to be. And you know, I, I kind of dawned on that for a while. And this is how the way uh, things shaped up during the recruiting process when Coach Babers and Coach Sean Lewis at the time came to. They texted me in the middle of the day, like, hey, we're doing home visits right now in the Chicagoland area. Can we give you a home visit tonight? And I feel like just from that on, I was like, okay, like, God is pointing me in this direction. I have you know, such a such a large faith, such a positive faith in, in the Lord. So, I, you know, we took that took that home visit right there, and it's kind of been a done deal since then. I you know, just fell in love with the coaches, the university, everything about it. And, Josh, you know, for you, like you said, you've had such a strong – faith throughout your life and that's something that you and I uh, you know definitely can appreciate is is the importance of faith the power of faith and and it it taking precedence in someone's life what can you say about your faith in general and just what God has meant to you and and why you're unafraid to talk about it yeah I'm totally unafraid to talk about it. I'm not ashamed to talk about my beliefs I'm not afraid to talk about the faith that I have in our Lord and Savior in my opinion and you know it's not for everybody to share but you know, that's just something that I was, I grew up with just just a way of handling life. You know, 
I'm not one to dawn on any decision I've made. And, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. God will always make you right in the end. And that's just the way I've been following. That's the way I was raised. Just everything I do, I do it in His name. Because no one, no one day when we're not on this earth, we're gonna see, we're gonna, we're gonna meet our Maker one day. And you know, just everything about following the Lord is something I am really, really faithful in. Following Him every day, I pray. And you know, it's just, you know, I feel like He's guiding me throughout my life right now. And I'm really excited to see what happens. And in, in having that guidance, speaking here with Josh Black, Syracuse Orange defensive line alum, and. 2022 NFL draft prospects where do you feel like God is is guiding you now like as you look at the next chapter the next piece of your journey do you really see the NFL as something viable something real something tangible how do you view it I do I do believe it's in my reach but I don't know what God has in store for me you know it could work out it could not work out could be a blessing in disguise who knows it could be this could be a whole life lesson for me too i'm just excited to be in the process and excited to have the opportunity to compete at the next level whatever happens happens going to take that take that with a grain of salt i'll make a now if anything happens i'll turn a negative into a positive and figure out my life after that so i'm just really excited to see what happens see what my future has in store for me because whatever happens i'm going to make the best out of it no matter what and that positivity that stems from your faith how hard has it been to, to keep your positivity? And have you ever had a moment or two where you felt like it was shaking the most? I mean, it definitely has. It's, uh, you know, the place and time for everything. Yeah, you know, sometimes when we lose some games, we should have won. That's where, you know, it comes into play. But, you know, it's all about taking those negatives and turning them into positive. That's another way I was raised and the way I grew up. And just figuring out ways to correct these negative mistakes and turn them into positive. All right, we lost here. How can we make it better for next time? That's the way I approach everything. Let's say you're in class and you, uh, let's say hypothetically, you get a you get an underwhelming grade on your exam. All right, how did you study? How did you prepare? Do we need to put in more hours? Do we need to get in more depth? Do we need to try a new study technique? Well, that will help you out in the future. You're gonna remember these little things. It's all gonna add up. And all these positives that you gain from these negatives is all gonna make you a better person. Figure out these situations much more faster. And that's the way I kind of take in all these different scenarios and. Uh, all this other type of information that you could consider negative, but I found a ways to turn up positive. You know, and we look at turning a negative into a positive. How do you look back on, on this season at five and seven? Your team was within reach against Rutgers and fourth and eight on the 42. There was an opportunity there. Fourth and two against Wake Forest in regulation. Fourth and one against Clemson at home in regulation. Uh, there was obviously opportunities in a Florida State game that they won in the last second there on a field goal. So bring me into this season and how close things were playing the, your first three ACC games at Florida State, home against Wake and home against Clemson, losing each of those by three, being close in the Rutgers game and, and other pieces along the way. Just just what you could say about turning a negative to, into a positive and, and how close you feel you guys were at maybe being a, an eight-win team or, or somewhere around there. Yeah, so from these from those games you just uh, you just described right there, my positive that term from the negative is we can compete with anybody in the conference, anybody in the country. We just have to play to our ability. We have to start fast. That's what kind of hurt us in the beginning. We didn't start as fast as we wanted to. We didn't make enough plays. Those are all correctable. A lot of that stuff had to do with uh, mental play calling. Uh, not all eleven guys were on the same page at once, and sometimes that's where these explosive plays come from. But just from based off these games and who we are as a football team, we can compete with anybody. Yeah, you can look at the depth chart and, you know, all these teams have, they have a 
bigger, faster, stronger guys than us, just on paper. They're going to beat us on paper a lot of these times, but that doesn't mean they have to beat us on the football team. The best football team that plays that day is going to win. And just the fact that they're right there with a lot of great football teams, it says a lot about us. But, you know, just finding those little things to correct, and it's going to make us a better team for next year, too. So, you know, Josh, you say that, and you look at this defensive line that you've been a part of, arguably the, the best defensive line experience-wise that Syracuse has maybe seen and talent-wise in, in, in maybe a decade, over a decade. When you look at McKinley Williams as well as yourself and and look at Kingsley Jonathan, three starters that are moving on, what can you say about your brethren on the defensive line, specifically McKinley and Kingsley, knowing what you guys work to build and knowing that that, that time is now over at Syracuse because your eligibility is finished up, but just what those two gentlemen meant to you and what the defensive line was like having both of them with you. Yeah, they meant the world to me. Just those are two of my brothers that I've had here basically the entire time. You know, just the camaraderie, the teamwork, the positivity they also bring to the table. Also how hard, hard they work too. We're always really competitive with one another, whether it be you know, summer conditioning, spring conditioning, uh, just even on the field and practice. You know, we're always kind of getting after each other, like, hey, like, I made more plays and things like that. But that also breeds that competitive nature that we have, and that's why I feel like we took a uh, giant step forward this year on the defensive line. So it's really exciting to see it for all of us. They'll take this next chapter in our life, and you know, they're going to do great things. And it's going to be really awesome to check all their progress. You know, just I'm just really excited to see what the future holds for them, too. They're great kids, great personality, both smart, athletic, big. You know, it's, it's just one of those things you get the goosebumps thinking about. You play with them so long, and finally get to see them go on to this next chapter of their life, and they're going to do awesome things. And as we look at that next chapter, you know, for Syracuse and their next chapter on the defensive line, it's going to be them having to, you know, go lean on some players that – are going to be uh, youthful now, and, and we look at that and look at this defensive line. And your thoughts on, as they step forward, uh, you know, who's who's left there on this defensive line unit as we look at it here with Steve Linton, who can play there. It can play in multiple places, but, you know, you have an opportunity for him as well as uh, some of the other guys there. Uh, JT Gear, who's a young guy on the line. Uh, Derek McDonald, who's come in and been there. Terry Lockett, Caleb Okachukwu as well as Elijah Fuentes Cundiff. Just what you could say about, you know, these pieces of the line, because I know Caleb got some time out there, some ample time, and then we saw some time for Terry, some time for JT and whatnot. What can you say about the future of Syracuse's defensive line? Uh, I'll tell you what, it is right. It is really, really awesome to see all these young guys compete. And, you know, the crazy thing about it, watching them, practice compete they're way further ahead than where me kingsley bear and a lot of the other guys were being that young i'm talking these freshmen they have the you know they have the physical capability right there and once they get everything in tune and watch out like this this d-line like i'm talking about right now hair stand up this d-line is going to be good within the next couple of years they're going to take that step each year they're mature they compete you know they're all about their business they're really like i said they're really mature for the age that's what really stands out to me is they love getting that extra work. They don't make excuses. They just go out there and work. And that's something that we think, oh, a freshman needs to take time and develop and really use that redshirt year to really figure out who they are. But these guys already formed their identity. Everyone figured out what their moves are, how well they move, how strong they really are. And just, you know, it's going to be awesome to see. Like, I'm, I'm hyped up for it. 
you know, one of the guys that, that I'd love to get your thoughts on, Cody Roscoe, just what he's done coming up the way that he is, coming into Syracuse and and uh, transferring in, having an opportunity. And then this year, in just a few games, had already eclipsed his sack record for a season that he had had. He was consistently strong this year, was very helpful getting to the backfield and getting after the quarterback. Just what you could say about Cody Roscoe and why an NFL team should should look at Cody, knowing how well he's come up in the very uh, recent past here and, and this season. I mean, he was leading the team in sacks. He was doing things this year that were showing that he made a massive jump from last season to this season. What can you say about Cody Roscoe? You know, Cody, having him in addition to our program has been phenomenal for us. Just the energy he brings, uh, whether it's to the game, to the practice, he's always hyped up about something, and he makes plays. He's productive. Yeah, you look at him on the depth charts, you're like, oh, wow, this, you know, this guy doesn't look like your stereotypical defensive end. But he plays with great leverage, speed, and technique. That's what sets him apart. He knows what he's good at, and that's what he keeps on doing. He doesn't try to get all fancy. He's going to weed out your technique, and he's going to make himself better than you. And just watching it on film, it's like, wow. Like, he like he knows what he's doing right there. He's so knowledgeable. So he's been part of the game a long time now. You know, an NFL team that gives him a chance, they won't regret it. He works his tail off day in and day out. He will make your team better. Like, mark my words. Whether you Wherever you put him... Uh, any, any position you want to play, you could be a linebacker, defensive end, any, any, anything. He's going to excel the position because he works his tail off in great, great, great effort, but also knows technique. And, you know, it's going to be really awesome to see what opportunities he gets at this next level. You know, and Kingsley Jonathan, I had the opportunity to ask him his thoughts about you. So I'd love to know your thoughts about Kingsley personally on the field and off the field. Bring me into your relationship with Kingsley Jonathan. Yeah, Kingsley's a brainiac. You know, he knows he's the type of player that calls all the plays before they happen. He's always been this smart football player. He understands play concepts. He understands whether they're going to get run, whether they're going to get passed. He pays attention to small details. He sees the offensive linemen. He can tell when they're leaning back, leaning forward. Are they looking a little bit heavy? Are they going to pull? Things like that. He's really, really, really detailed in those small things. And, you know, that's what separates him on the field and off the field. Obviously, we all know he's a great student, and that translates on the field as well. He's one of those guys like, hey, uh, after practice, can you, can you watch my get up right here? Do you see anything? I'm like, oh, yeah, your, your foot's cocked a certain way. It's like there's those small details like that that makes him stand out. And, you know, obviously, Alex, he's crazy athletic for his size, too. And just, you know, overall, he's a great human being, but also a great football player, too. That's, that's my brother right there, you know, day in and day out, always with him. And you, you brought up McKinley Williams before. You brought up Bear. Just, you know, what you think Bear brings to the table as well as he's finished up his time at Syracuse. And bring, Bear brings that physicality and has that mean streak to him. You know, at the point of attack, he's really strong. He's that punch and he gets penetration. But also, you know, he's freakishly athletic for his size too. And, you know, he just brings that certain edge to him, brings that attitude about him. Yeah, he's a little bit quiet off and on the field, but man, is he loud when he starts laying his hands on guys? And, you know, all of our D linemen have a certain aspects on them, which makes all of us different, right? And that's the cool thing about football. It's like a melting pot of different cultures, different backgrounds, different personalities, and that's why that's why I think college football is the coolest thing in this world. That coming from Syracuse Orange defensive line alum Josh Black, who's a 2022 NFL draft prospect, telling you about his brethren, and we'll talk about him momentarily and his thoughts on himself. But before we get to that, Josh, 
uh, your defensive line coach, uh, he was overseeing the whole defensive line. Then he went specifically to D-tackles, then back to overseeing the D-line. Your thoughts on Vincent Reynolds as a coach and as your position coach? And secondly, how surprised were you that after overseeing what I think arguably was the best unit on the team, that he was let go after this season? Yeah, Coach Reynolds and I go way back. I'll do anything for that man. Whether he tells me to run 500 miles any any time of day, I'll do whatever it takes. He's done countless amounts of things for me, just helping me out as a player, but also as a uh, also as a man too. It's just oh, like I saw him as a role model for me. Like, you know, just everything he did was so inspirational. Yeah, obviously I was a little bit surprised. You know, they let him go, but that's the thing with coaching. You don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season. And yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Where it's like. Man, that, like that's that's my guy right there. I've right? been with him so long, but that's the profession of the game right there. He's gonna find a great job somewhere else, and obviously, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes because he's gonna do great things. He's getting better and better every day too. That's a cool thing about having a coach like him. As he as he gets better and better every day, the D line gets better and better every day too, and that's the type of motivation he brought to the defensive line room. And you know, I'm excited to see where he ends up next because he's gonna do great things too. You know, that's like I said, that's my guy. Day, since day one right there, Coach Reynolds, and uh, I'm really excited to see what happens for him as well. Josh, how did Vincent Reynolds make you a better player specifically? Oh, yeah, in the beginning, he was really, really hard on me. As a, as a true freshman coming in, uh, you kind of get just thrown right to the back of the depth chart right there. You have to work your way up. And as camp started to progress, he understood who I was as an athlete. I had long arms, long legs, but also strong, too, so figured out ways to help me out on the field. It's how to translate your certain body type and uh, what type of player you're going to be. Are you going to be more of a run stuff or are you going to be a pass, pass rusher, things like that. Taught me how to use my body more to my advantage, how to use more leverage because I have such a unique body being my size and my frame and that's a little thing. So you teach me on really detail me and really coach me up really hard in the beginning to make sure I got the best ads that I could. You know, so that's, you know, and, and you becoming the player that you are, Josh, you've been very humble with everything, and you've obviously worked very hard to get to where you are today. Where have you seen yourself, like you said, when you're a freshman, you get thrown to the back of the depth chart, you're on the bottom, you got to work your way up. Who were you when you came to Syracuse, and who are you now as far as the man off the field and, and then the talent on the field? Because NFL teams are going to be looking at the man that you become and the player that you become. So how would you describe both of those things? Uh, coming in, I would say I was really hesitant. Uh, didn't really know what to expect. Didn't really have a lot of positivity. Didn't have a voice back then. But now, you know, just who I am now, the way I developed as a man, I take care of my business. I make sure, I try to make sure everything is perfect. We all know there's no such thing as perfect, but I try my best to make sure everything but it's school where it's making my bed things like that those are the small details that hopefully translate to the next level as well so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens it's just on the field I pay really close attention I take coaching extremely well you know it's just you know, it's just little things like that that I've these little skills and traits that I've developed these last couple of years I've been playing here at Syracuse of what made me just a better athlete and also a better man on and off the field so yeah we'll see what happens for sure there's a lot of crazy questions that uh, sometimes get asked during the combine and during the NFL draft process and whatnot. So I'm going to throw a few at you that I'm just going to create in the moment. 
I haven't written them down, but I'm just going to throw these questions at you, pretend that I'm an NFL GM, and let's see what we could do with this. So the first one is you're on a ship, and the ship is it has a leak in, in the bottom part of the ship. What do you do to – let's say there's a 1,000 people on the ship that are guests – so do you tell the guests? If you do tell them, what do you tell them? And how do you assess the problem of, of the leak on the bottom of the ship while you're the captain of the ship? Well, first, I have to alert, I have to alert everybody right away. You know, there's a leak. We can't, we can't hide any of the information. We could have them also. I'm going to figure out what materials they have to possibly fix the ship. If not, we're going to have to have some type of backup plan. Hopefully, we, we already have something installed for that. Whether the ship is going down or not, we have to get the safety uh, safety wraps out, things like that. We're going to have to have three to four backup plans right there. Everything might not go as planned, but as long as we alert everybody, make sure they're aware of the situation, try to fix the situation, whether we patch it up, and if we can't, we go to plan C right there. We're always going to have a backup plan and make sure that everybody's as safe as possible. I love that answer, and that answer, I think, has a lot in it to describe the type of person you are. The next one is where in the world do you feel, if you could go anywhere to help anybody right now, where would you choose to go? If you could go on, a, on missionary work anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? It would be probably somewhere in Africa. That's where my family roots are from, being on the dad's side of the family. You know, times are really hard you know, for them over there in a lot of places. And just overall culture brings and help give back to uh, culture that you know, made me who I was and so I just feel like doing that just around villages and around different neighborhoods too I feel like that means the world for me just to give back to all the communities that help pave the way for us over here in America too so that definitely be somewhere single greatest mentor in your life and why it'd be my older brother Ben Black he's a graduate assistant at uh, Indiana University he's assistant D-line coach there and he basically uh, paved the way for me being an African football player. Uh, my junior year of high school, he kind of sat me down and said, listen, you know, you, you have the body, you have the mentality, you have the athletic capability to do great things. You get college paper free. And that, since right there, I put my foot down, I started working my tail off, and great things happened. And so for that, I, you know, I can't think of him anymore. Like, you know, every day he asks me, I'm going to do it. He's the number one reason why I'm in the spot I am today. Uh, coming from Josh Black. Josh, uh, final points here on Wake Up Call inside the Cafe Kubal Studios with your host, Dan Tortora. Before I let you go, uh, taking a, a look at uh, Dino Babers as a coach, your thoughts on him. You've been with him since the uh, the beginning, and you know just what your take is on him as a coach overall and what your thoughts are on Syracuse's decision to keep him for a seventh season coming up this year. Coach Babers is a great coach outside and outside the field, really knowledgeable, brings a lot, a lot of experience to, you know, and, you know, he knows how to get things done, too, and bringing him back for the seventh year, I feel like, you know, this year we're starting to figure out everything with the coaching staff, everything's trying to get set in stone right there, got the recruits we need, and, you know, overall, couldn't say enough great things about Coach Babers and how blessed I am that he gave me an opportunity to play here at Syracuse for him, and, you know, it just makes the entire world for me, so... Whatever he does, I'm going to 100% support it. And, you know, that's my guy since day one also. And, you know, it's exciting to see what the future holds for him. And, you know, he's going he's to rally the troops for next year. And, you know, he's going to get the job done for sure. Defensive coordinator, 
Tony White, just what he's meant to you. You've seen a, a changing of the guard on the defensive side, the three-three-five instituted a couple seasons ago by Tony. What has Coach White done for this team, in your opinion, and what does he mean to you? Coach White is one of those coaches that came in from day one when we hired him and just you know, made an impact right there. Just his positivity, the way he carries himself, the attitude, but also the work he does on and off the field, too. And just the fact that all the trust he has in his defensive players. He gives us the flexibility to, you know, edit some play calls here and there. He asks us what do we see out there because he knows I'm playing the game. Not everything is the same watching on film and in the game itself. If we're getting gashed up by a certain run, he could ask us, well, what's our opinion on this? How, how should we make this better? He really gets the players' input and then modifies some of the play calls based on that. And that's why I feel like makes him such a great coach. He trusts his players and we trust him just as much too. And Josh, back in 2017, you talk about your faith in God and the importance of that and all. That season you played in four games and went down due to an injury. Now looking back on it, having gotten to play this past season of 2021, was it a blessing in disguise because the injury back then in your second season at Syracuse allowed you to spend some extra time in Syracuse? So how do you look at that? Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a blessing in disguise. That was an overall blessing right there. That season right there gave me the opportunity to take that redshirt year, get faster, stronger, get more smart about the game of football, but also gave me the opportunity to have that extra COVID year. And from there, I got an extra year from that too. And that was an overall blessing. I got to finish my master's degree. I got to spend more time with the team, develop myself as a person, develop myself as a player too. And just overall, gave me another year to stay in Syracuse. So, that's one of those blessings that happen, and you know, definitely can't take for granted. Yeah, I got injured, so what? But that ultimately, you know, set me up for things much greater. And you know, I can't can't thank it enough for <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> Not that I shut us off like that, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that happened, and I feel like that's God telling me that all oh, things are going to, you know, improve. Things are going to get better. Things of that nature too. So, so those are one of those uh, one of those situations that you know. You got to be thankful for it. You can't look back on it and say, oh man, I missed a season. No, that, that season right there gave me two extra seasons if you think about it that way. So it's just awesome. Yeah, you know, in, in the following season, 2018, you guys went to the only bowl game under Dino Babers. You had a 10 and 3 season, did a bunch of things the team hadn't done in a decade, if not two decades. Bring me into that time, that season, and the sweetness for you having to sit out the most of the 2017 season, come back in 2018, go 10-3, and go to a bowl game, win the bowl game against an old rival in West Virginia. And that season is the first time that Syracuse had ever had a field goal blocked in the last five years before that. It happened back in 2013. You were able to block a field goal there and, and do something special for yourself. So you come back, you block the first field goal Syracuse has blocked, in five years, you guys go 10-3, and three, you win the bowl game, you get to come down to Orlando, Florida, you get an extra bunch of weeks of practice and whatnot in. Just what you could say about all of that and how, how sweet that was coming off of an injury. Yeah, I guess you can consider that almost like a redemption to it for, uh, for 2018. And it was just a testament to how much work we really put in in the offseason as a team and just the overall the accountability we had. That's what made us so much different in 2018. We didn't let anything slide. Someone was slacking off, everybody got on them, and that's the that's the type of culture we had in 2018 that really set us apart. And we just got the ball rolling, we had the momentum, and we never had that taken away from us. So those are one of those seasons that's going to stick with me for the rest of our lives, and I'm sure 
lot of the older guys are already graduated, and some of the guys are still on the team too that understand the importance of that season and how impactful it was for not only the future generations, but also just the culture of the entire football team and what Syracuse football really means. Yeah, you know, and and for you, Josh, you believing in this team as as the team steps forward. They don't have your leadership and, and the leadership of Aaron Service and, and Bear and Kingsley Jonathan. There's a bunch of guys that are moving on. But also, in the transfer portal, almost 20 players moving on. Syracuse leading the ACC, including schools that had a bunch of coaching changes, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, and Miami. How do you view that? I mean, these are your brothers, and some of them left during the season, some of them left at the end of the season, some of them left right around National Signing Day. Uh, How do you view the fact that Syracuse is losing almost 20 players, and a bunch of these guys had seen playing time, and Guys like Jeff Canton-Arku were right behind you, you know, playing there at the linebacker position. Curtis Harper was there with you on the defensive line. Uh, when you see a team have around, you know, 20 players heading to the transfer portal, what is what does that do for the future of Syracuse football? And how do you kind of view something like that, knowing that these are guys that had lockers that were right by you? Yeah, those are just one of those things. They're grown men, and they're going to make grown, grown men decisions. That's the game nowadays is figure out where you really want to end up. And you see the transfer portal getting larger and larger. So that's just the way uh, college football is heading right now. But you know, no, no ill will against them. They have to do they feel like it's best in their decision. So I'm obviously not going to put them down or anything. Like I said, they're grown men. They're going to make grown men decisions. And obviously, I wish them the best luck in whatever they do. And I'm going to support them 100%. You know, as a, as a man, we got to do what we have to do to get things done. They feel like they have to transfer to make that happen. You know, they can do that. And, you know, as long as they don't regret any of the decisions, as long as they find positives from negatives, they're going to turn out just the way they want it to. And I'm going to support them. I'm going to give them backup whenever they need it. They can call me, text me, they can page me, any of that good stuff. I'm going to make sure that they have, that they try to give themselves the best possibility they can to make the things they want to happen. You know, and you talk about uh, doing the best that you can moving forward. You have the 2022 NFL Draft coming up here. Speaking with Josh Black, Syracuse Orange defensive line alum, and heading toward the NFL Draft here on the defensive line. You played in the interior, you played the exterior of the line as well. You played in different sets when it comes to the defense. And so you've had a lot of experience at college. What do you bring to an NFL team, and why should they bring you in? Yeah, so first off, I bring a lot of experience. I've been in many different defensive systems. I've played all over the defensive line, nose tackle, three technique, zero technique, five technique, six, four eye, and wide nine. Everything I've played. I bring great technique. I also bring a lot of positivity to the team as well. You know, just any team that gives me an opportunity is not gonna regret it not one bit. So it's gonna be exciting to see what happens in the future. And whoever you know, gives me an opportunity, I gotta make it best of it hundred twenty percent. You know, there's only there's only a small chance that I ever play another football game ever again. So I have to come in, be ready to work, and whatever happens, happens. But it's just trying to figure out ways to make myself better and just find out these positives. That coming from Josh Black. Josh, you've been awesome in answering my questions throughout the years and hopefully many coming forward. I'm going to allow Rapid Fire to be all about you asking me. So I'm going to sit on the hot seat in your honor. And so any three questions that you have could be about anything in the world. I have to answer it. But like I said, you've been so great in in answering my questions over the years. And so now I'm going to put myself on the hot seat. You can ask me three questions. What do you got? All right. Number one, if you could only survive on one food for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? 
Oh man, it'd probably have to be something that I know uh, would would give me some nutrients and that I could eat a lot of and not get sick of. So I'm gonna choose shrimp. I, I think I would have. Oh. I think I would have shrimp. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a respectful answer. I think you can do a lot with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Number two. What is what is your favorite hobby, and how did that come across? Like, whether like what type of hobby is your favorite? What do you do when you're off when you're offline? What do you do when you're not talking to anybody? What's your number one go to hobby? I would have to say I got a bunch of them, but I would have to tell you it's music. I would have to tell you it's. It's uh, it would be singing. I've been singing since I was three years old. So, I would probably tell you, uh, writing songs and practicing my craft at singing as well. Oh wow! Okay, okay. And number three, if you could choose one superpower out of super strength or super speed, what would it be? Oh man, you know, super strength is a great thing, but my favorite DC character is the Flash. So, oh, <laughs> I I'd probably have to go with super speed. It would allow me the opportunity to uh, get to a lot of places quickly. And if I can run as fast as the Flash, I could run over water, which means I could go see my family in Italy and Spain. I could, I could, you know, you know, if I if I had a mixture of speed and strength, then I could pick you up, Josh, and I could run with you across the Atlantic Ocean and bring you over to Africa. Like you said, you respect where your family came from. So we could take a little trip out of that. So maybe, maybe if you had, you got the super strength, I got the speed. If we work together, maybe we could get across the ocean pretty pretty quick and, and get to do what we want to do. I'd like to answer the dynamic duo right there. That's right, man. Yeah, I got to give you some credit, too, because The Rock showed you some love about your ability to be a big man and jump in and flip off of a uh, wall. That is one of the um, most awesome videos I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> what I, All I have to I mean, it's two things. How, can, how have you utilized that to pay off dividends, The Rock seeing that video? And then secondly, if and when you get to meet The Rock and talk to The Rock, can you make sure that I'm in that movie with you guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know, based off the little video I posted, just, you know, that he knows that I exist. You know, guys like that, celebrities like that, you know, they're all about their business. But the fact that he's able to reach out to me, you know, study who I am, just went on the Syracuse roster and looked at me, how much I squat and things like that, just... Um, at the world to be definitely you can be you can be on set for a movie. I don't know where it's gonna be. He's always appearing in like six movies every couple months. But yeah, <laughs> we'll figure out a spot for you. Sounds good. All that coming from Josh Black. Josh, as always, I can hear you. You know, lifting and getting your stuff in in the background. Love to have you back on the show as we you know get close to different things coming up, including you know your your opportunity for pro day and the NFL draft and whatnot. But you've always been great to me. And uh, it, it was fitting the last day of the season this season that not only did I get to talk with you in the press conference, but when I walked out of the dome, I walked out with you and, and gave you a hug. So uh, thank you for all the moments. And I, they're only just beginning, I hope, for you. And I would love to have you back on the show. But it, I want you to know that it will always mean something to me that I got to walk out of the dome with you on that final day. Yes, sir. I appreciate everything you've done for me. I really do from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all your support. Just the fact that you always reach out, make sure I'm okay, and just everything you do, just for the community as well. I appreciate you. Always, man. So take care of yourself and have a good time. The next time you you got a video about jumping off of something or lifting or throwing something, let me know. But 
you know, maybe we could do that. Maybe you can uh, pick me up and throw me and see how far I can go, like like through the goalposts. We'll have a little padded thing down in the end. Then The Rock and Kevin Hart can appreciate it. So. <laughs> yeah, I used to be some shot put back in the day, so we can make it work. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. But as always, Josh, uh, much love. I appreciate you. Uh, shout out to your mom, Cindy, who's always been good to me as well. And God bless as always. I can't wait to talk to you again. Yes, sir. Much love. I'll catch you soon. All right, take care. Yes, sir.